Hello to our boxing fans around the world. Thanks for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight. Another episode of Boxing News Today coming your way. Curse of our friends across the pond at Boxing247.com. I'm going to start off with a story out of the lightweight division. First of all, um, with a potential undisputed lightweight title showdown on the line, former three-weight world champion Vasily Loma, Lomachenko had to dig deep. While it wasn't the dominant performance many expected, Loma rallied in late rounds to edge Jermaine Ortiz, who's now 16-1-1, by unanimous decision. And that took place uh, at the Hulu Theater, Madison Square Gardens. Uh, everyone was uh, not only looking forward to that fight, but the undercard as well, which was uh, quite incredible. Let's start off with uh, Robesi Ramirez. Uh, he wants a featherweight title shot, and he may get it soon. The two-time heavyweight gold medalist steamrolled late replacement Jose Romero, who's now 26-3, and via a ninth-round technical knockout to retain his USBA and WBO global belts. Ramirez had his man in trouble in uh, the first and seventh rounds, but the Argentinian native re refused to relent. In the ninth, Ramirez uncorked a left hand that staggered Romero and ended the one-way carnage. And I believe that was Knockout of the Week, uh, featured by Mike Orr and Cedric Ben um, uh, the other day. Anyway, let's see. An undercard action. We continue here with the heavyweight. Battle took place between Richard Torres Jr., who's now 4-0, against Ahmed Hefney. In the evening's final preliminary bout, Torres joined his Olympic teammates in the win column. After a second-round stoppage and a pair of first-round knockouts to start his pro career, Torres saw the third round for the first time. Hefney was knocked down with a left hand in the second, and the onslaught continued in the third until referee Arthur Mercante stepped in. Speaking of featherweight, featherweights, uh, Duke Reagan, now 8-0, uh, defeated Luis Lebron. Scores were 90, oh, sorry, 79, 79, 73, 78, 74, and 77-75. The U.S. Olympic silver medalist Reagan did what he does best, which is to use his well-schooled defense to out offset his hard-charging foe. LeBron, the Puerto Rican power puncher, was never deterred. It was not effective. The garden crowd booed the verdict, but Cincinnati's Reagan did more than enough to seal the victory on the judges' cards. Troy Isley is now 8-0 with a unanimous decision over Quincy Lavalas. Scores were 80-72 twice and 79-73. Izzy passed his first eight-round test with flying colors, nearly shutting out Lavalas, a six-year pro known for his iron chin. Mm. In the junior welterweight division, Tiger Johnson is now 6-0. A unanimous decision over Esteban Garcia. In the middleweight division, Nico Ali Walsh is now 7-0. He got an unanimous uh, decision over Billy Wagner. Uh, in the lightweight division, Abdullah Mason scored a technical knockout over Angel Barrera. And in the junior lightweight division, someone who, who we featured quite often here on Talk and Fight, Haven Brady Jr. is now 8-0 with a unanimous decision over Eric Mondragon. Brady 
authored the most significant win of his career, picking apart the California-born Madragon with an assortment of jabs and uppercuts. Indeed, a great card it was, and a wonderful uh, result for Lomachenko and a tightening of the uh, lightweight division, I'd say, because he's probably going to go after uh, Devin Haney now. Let's see what happens. Elsewhere around the world, we saw William El Cameron Zipida improved to 27 and 0 with 23 knockouts and etched his name amongst the current list of elite fighters of the lightweight division by securing a comfortable unanimous decision victory over former U.S. Olympian and former world champion Joseph Jojo Diaz. And that took place at the Penchanga Arena in San Diego. Um, elsewhere on that card in the welterweight division, we saw one of the fastest growing superstars out of Santa Ana, California, and co-main event, by the way, uh, Alexis Lex Roca, now 21-1, successfully defend his NABO welterweight title against the resilient Jesus Perez. Also, Monterrey, Mexico's Arely Munchina, he's now 32-3-2, with 11 knockouts, became the first new IBF female flyweight world champion with a split the split decision of victory over Chimba Argentina's Lionel Yudica. Munchino with a swollen left eye due to a left head to do a headbutt in the second round was able to rally in the last half to win the judges favor. Good enough for Aureli Munchino. Way to go. And a big wow that's a big fight. Good. Uh, anyway, she said, I dedicate this fight to my father. This belt belongs to him. I'm just so happy and I can't believe it. This fight was six months in the making. We were scheduled to fight earlier, but she claimed to have an injury. However, that time allowed us to put the perfect team together. What's next? I leave to my promoters. I've trusted them thus far. They know they, they have my best interest in mind right now. I'm going to celebrate this victory with my team and my family. Good for her and a good card indeed. Let's move along quickly now to the Jake Paul uh, decision over former UFC star Anderson Silva that took place. Uh, it was a cruiserweight battle that uh, went back and forth. However, I want to do point out uh, for the benefit of the listeners and the viewers out there. Uh, first of all, Paul said... Uh, hard work pays off. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to Anderson. He was my idol growing up. He inspired me to be great. He was the first celebrity I ever met. Without him, I wouldn't have had a fight this year. He's a tough mofo, a legend. I have nothing but respect for him. This just goes to show that anyone watching at home, chase your dreams. It's never too late. I started boxing two and a half years ago as a pro and just beat one of the greatest ever because I'm obsessed with this. In the stats, uh, um, Paul landed 51 of 121 power punches, that's 44%, while Silva landed 66 of 176 of his power punches, that's 38%. The difference for Paul was his jab. He threw 215 of them, 140 more than Silva, and landed 32. Paul was also committed to the body, with 30 of his 83 power punches to the midsection. Um, There's a bunch of quotes from Jake Paul, but he's looking to go after Canal Alvarez. Why not, he says. But anyway, I want to get to uh, the undercard. In by far the toughest test of his young career, Ashton Silve destroyed the vastly more experienced Boilo Rodriguez, dropping him with a stinging left uppercut with around a minute left in the first round. 
It truly was an amazing knockout. Rodriguez tried to get up but stumbled. And when he finally rose, he wobbled backward, causing referee Tony Zaino to wave it off at 101 of the first round of their eight rounder. Uh, again, in the lightweight uh, division. And and it was the, the night's co-feature, by the way. So very, very good stuff um, on that particular uh, card that was taking place, I believe, in Arizona. Let's a quick look here. Um, I believe that the, yes, the former, uh, formerly known as the Gila River uh, Casino, is now called the Desert Diamond Arena in Glendale, Arizona. And, uh, you know, Yes, we'll congratulate Jake Paul for his victory. He's going to continue on. Uh, but I wanted to make make point here uh, of where he's going next. Uh, let me have a quick look down here. Pardon the delay uh, because there's an important end result here. No, where is it? Come on. I'm trying to give you some important information here that I thought was important. Let me quickly see where it is. Oh, by the way, that, that fellow I mentioned, Aston Silva, he's the first prospect signed by MVP, the company co-owned by Jake Paul. Uh, but that's not what I wanted to tell you. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Most Valuable Promotions, that's MVP. And Paul's Boxing Bullies Foundation provided over 300 tickets for the first uh, responders uh, from the Phoenix area to attend Saturday's show. Paul and Boxing Bullies will continue the goodwill on Monday uh, when they plan to donate $40,000 to help renovate the Central Boxing Gym in Phoenix, Arizona. And also, um, an event running from uh, 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock at Hall of Flames Museum, where Boxing Bullies and 100 Club of Arizona will be honoring first responders and have a full workout with over 70 local children. Paul's company, BETR, will also donate $5,000 to the 100 Club of Arizona, which provides financial assistance to families of first responders during the event. So I, do, I did want to make mention of uh, those things that you don't often see uh, from boxers and or their management companies. Uh, but Jake Paul has started a foundation, Boxing Bullies. He's uh, co-owner of Most Valuable Promotions, has started, now started to sign uh, well-known and up-and-coming prospects. Good for them. Uh, but are putting um, money where their mouths are and donating it uh, to local um, boxing gyms and youth clubs. So hats off to Jake Paul in that respect. Let's move along. Here we go, down to Argentina. Uh, junior Leandro Zarate defeated Carlos Boatista by unanimous decision in a 10-round super flyweight fight and for the Federalitin WBA super flyweight title. Uh, it's part of a series put on by Estrella TV's Boxio Estrella and, uh, and was being broadcast from Buenos Aires. That's in Argentina. In, other, in another uh, semifinal fight of the night, Clara Lascarat, 7-0, successfully defended her WBA World Super Flyweight title, defeating Nelia Gil Sanabia by unanimous decision, I might add. In the third fight of the night, Jose Sanson Rosa 
beat Leandro Fonseca by unanimous decision also in a 10-round Fidelatin welterweight title fight where Rosa retained his welterweight title. Good stuff out of Argentina. Uh, let's move along quickly to Azerbaijan. Azerbaijani teenager. Apologies for the pronunciations up front here. Aikham Ishmailov took his career to the next level when he won the vacant UBO International Light Heavyweight title uh, in Baku, Azerbaijan. Appearing in the first main event, uh, Ismailov impressively stopped fellow countryman Elnur Mamadov, who's 34 years old, and this kid is 18, by the way, in the fifth round after winning the first four rounds on all three judges' cards. Um, Ismailov is an accomplished amateur, only turning professional last January, and stepped up to eight-round level in his previous bout. Scheduled for 10 this time, there are already talks of an even bigger challenge before the end of the year. The new UBO uh, International Light Heavyweight Champion improved his professional record to 6-1, while Memohov dropped to 5-4. Good stuff. The promoters of the card, by the way, staged at the Shogun Olympic Sports Complex was TGA Promotions and Management in association with MCM Promotion. So good stuff from other countries around the world. Speaking of other countries around the world, how could I forget... And I'm not about to. Uh, Katie Taylor over in England uh, proved she was just too good for Karen uh, Carabajal. Taking place at the Wembley uh, Arena, Katie Taylor held on to her world titles with a dominant display against Karen Carabajal in a one-sided encounter that she was always in control of. The key question heading into the bout was whether the Amanda Serrano Classic earlier this year had taken anything from Taylor. Still, she answered those doubts emphatically by staying in control from the outset. Uh, Carabajal did have a couple of moments in the bout where it looked like she could gain Taylor's attention, but the response from Taylor was always positive, and she was always able to ride out any attack from the Argentine. So good news for Katie Taylor, and uh, a, gr a great fight indeed. So I have a quick uh, look on what else is making news. Dare I say, Tyson Fury is making news. But courtesy of uh, Alexander Yusek, one of my uh, favorite uh, reporters uh, on BoxNews24.com, Charles Brunn comments, IBF, WBA, WBO heavyweight champ Alexander Yusek found it confusing and amusing that Tyson Fury has chosen Derek DeZora as his next opponent to defend his WBC title. Although Yusek, who's 20-0, and 0, by the way, undefeated, doesn't come out doesn't come right out and say it. The obvious question is, why would Fury choose an old washed-up fighter with a 1-3 record in his last four fights rather than one of the talented contenders in the division? Not only does it make Fury 32-0-1 look weak in the process, but it also brings up questions about whether his mind, where his mind is at after his war with former WBC heavyweight champ Deontay Wilder. Wilder basically knocked Fury out in the fourth round with the referee giving what many boxing fans felt was a slow count, which saved Tyson from being stopped by the powerful six foot seven Deontay. The question is, did Wilder knock something out of Fury in that fight in terms of his ambition and willingness to fight other fighters that could finish the job that he started on that night? Says Yusick, it kind of makes me laugh a little bit. Why is he doing this? Uh, with respect to his decision uh, to fight uh, journeyman Derek Chisora. And the author totally agrees. 
I agree uh, with Yusek. Why in the world is Fury fighting a 38-year-old Chisora with 12 losses on his record and not even the fourth best British heavyweight? Why this dreadful opponent rather than a more talented fighter? I hate to say it, he continues, but that fight against Deontay may have chipped away something from Fury, leaving him afraid to take on another power puncher uh, for fear they would finish him off and ruin his chances for a big payday against Usyk in February of March of next year. Fans already believe that Fury purposely wrecked that negotiation for a fight against anti-Joshua with the two deadlines that he set. Now, I'm not going to sit here and call Chisora names. I respect them, said Tyson Fury. I've got nothing bad to say about Derek. He's a good fighting man, and he brings his A-game every time. But in my reign now, I'm reigning supreme. I'll beat him, and then I'll beat that little middleweight guy, Yusuk. All righty, we'll leave the heavyweights there. But let's move on to uh, the last uh, story of the day. WBC President Maurizio Suleiman confirmed on Wednesday... Uh, that's the last week that Keith one time Thurman is IBF WBA WBC welterweight champion Errol Spence Jr.'s next mandatory that is due for his three belts. That means that Spence, who's 28 and 0 with 22 knockouts, will need to face Thurman 30 and 1 next if he wants to keep his WBC 147 pound title. Of course, when you're talking about the 33 year old Thurman. You can't rule him passing on the opportunity to fight Spence due to an injury or being overweight. If Spence chooses not to face Thurman, he's looking at a much more difficult fight against his IBF mandatory, Jaron Boots Ennis. That fight on paper is far more of a problem for Spence than the aging, inactive, one-time Thurman or WBO champion Terence Crawford. Said um, WBC President Maurizio Suleiman, nope, the WBC's mandatory is next. Thurman is the number one contender, but everything will be seen at the WBC convention. When asked if Jaron Boots Ennis is the IBF WBA WBC welterweight champ, L. Spence's Jr.'s next mandatory. Said Suleiman, I believe Ennis is the IBF mandatory. With Spence faced with having to decide between a defense against Thurman or Boots Ennis, the logical choice is for him to take Thurman. So, fight fans, we look forward to those kinds of decisions upcoming and those kinds of fights and those kinds of results. Uh, the boxing world, uh, well, it's not that it's in any kind of suspenseful manner that I need to discuss, and we can't really discuss rumors or what might be's or what should be's. Uh, but we do discuss results, and we do discuss some of the upcoming fights, and that's what we like to talk about here on Talk and Fight. I thank you for joining me once again. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on at 4 p.m. for Knuckle Up with Mike Gore and Cedric Ben. Thank you.